the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We've got quite a bit to cover today. We've got two big interviews. I'm going to keep it short on what you need to know today because if you listened to the program yesterday, you heard me finish the show with an impassioned plea that we get to the bottom of exactly what George Soros has been doing to America. And now today in the news, my friend Lee Smith uh, has a piece over, I believe it's at justthenews.com, and it's about, the you won't believe it, the ties between George Soros and the Steele dossier and the frame-up. And so not only is it now shown, I think, I think, I think Soros admitted this, is that, the, um, is that there was a um, payment in 2017 to the group that had done some of this research to try to get to the bottom of the inter- international interference, the interference by other governments. And that's what they went after. That's what they got. He paid for it. And you know who at that time was pushing all that was still John McCain. So... It's incredible to see the, these things coming all the way around full circle. Uh, by the way, that was about a week ago. Now I'm looking at that piece. I'm wondering if there's an updated version of that because uh, Lee Smith is constantly, constantly writing on these things and you'll find more and more. But my point here is George Soros didn't just, for the people that, I got some emails from people yesterday. They said, oh, come on, George Soros gives money to these entities and they do stuff. Well, true, but do you really think if somebody, listen, if somebody gives you millions of dollars, do you think that a nonprofit doesn't take into consideration their interests? Of course they do. It's one of the reasons the late Phyllis Schlafly and the organization that I work with has never had uh, major donors. I mean, Phyllis was very careful. She didn't want to be drawn in where if you get a million dollars for someone from someone or 10 million or 100 million, it's going to their, their preference is going to be important. Do you think the people that Zuckerberg gave 419 million dollars to didn't think uh, what's his priority? Of course they did. So now we know Soros used his own money from his own bank accounts to get involved in the Steele dossier, propping it up and promoting the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Remember, in 2017, the first year of the Trump administration, Hillary was still out there running around saying, and she was for another year, about two years total, that there was Russians hacking the election, which has proved demonstrably false now. But they were yelling it. And here's the key to this. I want to say it very important. By the time 2017 ends, about 80% of Democrats did not believe the election in 2016 was a free and fair election. Okay? Just like at the end of 2021, about 80% of Republicans think the election was rigged. So what do you have? You have a problem of voter confidence, but you also have a problem of interference. Again, let's get to the bottom of Soros's contribution. Let's get to the bottom of Zuckerberg's contribution. Let's get to the bottom of who, what these people are doing. If it's all legal, they should be happy to talk about it. And since we have a crisis that threatens the republic, voter confidence, they should be willing to talk about it. We'll see. Somehow I doubt it. All right, we got to take a break. We come back. We got some great interviews today, including John Schlafly. We'll talk with John Schlafly, get an update on his column this week. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. That's what you need to know. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. 
Sign up there for the daily email, the wink. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report and uh, really excited and uh, grateful for our next guest and especially for his uh, patience as I've been uh, getting ready to do this uh, interview with him. And his name is Brett Winterbell. Winterbell, he'll correct me if I got that wrong. And he was a Rush Limbaugh producer, Rush Limbaugh show producer, uh, and is now launching his own television show, which is, I'm not surprised because around Rush Limbaugh, many of my listeners know uh, as someone who's uh, from Missouri, I know the Limbaugh family. There's an incredible number of these talented Limbaugh's. They're all um, incredibly creative. The lawyers are like the great lawyers of, of, well, the country, a bunch of judges and all, but also in Missouri. Uh, But they're very creative and they're amazing. And so I'm I'm, in round rush. He was one of those guys that knew to put really smart people around. So uh, Brett's show is called Devious Motives. It's on the Opinions Channel, OPS Channel. Welcome, Brett. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Ed. I appreciate the time today. Well, it's great to be with you. First of all, tell me, um, working with Rush Limbaugh, um, again, we, I, we're over the top because of my relationship with the family with uh, respect for his creativity and all. But tell us uh, maybe what that was like. I mean, I, I also know he was a driven guy. He was a communicator and a talent and all, but he was a driven guy. So it wasn't, wasn't like he sat around and had cigars all day and thought he was this, these guys at that level to succeed and be one of the greatest communicators in American history, these are these are not people that are are without work ethic and intensity. So, what was it like to work with him? I mean, it was it was it was the highlight of my professional life, to be honest with you. Uh, getting the chance to work with him, uh, I was with him on a on a daily basis from '99 through 2006, and uh, I got to see the way it was that you know he pulled the show together. He was constantly show prepping. Um, getting tons and tons of content in uh, and, and, and what was so remarkable about it was how much he would just, he would digest so much of that information and then would, would do his show and deliver it as naturally uh, as, as you could ever imagine. He was able to ebb and flow. Um, and I think so much of that came from the fact that central to what he was, was he was an entertainer and he said as much um, instead of playing hit records, he played sound bites. He played, uh, he played uh, sound bites. He played, um, you know, uh, clips, he played uh, yeah. whatever it was. And, and so that's a huge, important part of what it comes down to. He was a professional first and foremost, and an absolute pleasure to work with. Well, and again, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're talking with uh, Brett Winterbull and his show is uh, uh, just starting. It's just launching called Devious Motives over on the OPS channel, Opinions channel, launching in November, actually. And I've got a sneak peek of episode one. I just was opening it. And I hope it didn't mess up my, my recording uh, as we're talking because uh, it, it's, it, it, but back to Rush for a second. I just tell this story I've told many times. One time I was driving with the late Phyllis Schlafly and Phyllis Schlafly knew Millie Limbaugh, Rush's mom for years. Sure. She herself was an activist. And so we're, we're driving in Missouri, hot day. I don't know when it must've been 2016, I bet. And Rush was talking. Phyllis was in the passenger seat. She was, she had her eyes closed. She, she was famous for being able to sleep. As soon as the plane engine started, she'd go to sleep. And as soon as a car engine started, she'd go to sleep if she wasn't driving because she said all these years he traveled, she just learned how to do that. So I thought she was asleep and Rush said something. And Phyllis laughed and she said, Rush, Rush always, Rush, she said something like, Rush sees it before other people, but he makes it fun or something. And it was perfect, right? It was the perfect description. He, he, he could see the playing field better than anybody. He, he knew the players. And I, I bet if you could, you know, because behind the scenes, he saw stuff that he, he didn't always 
to say, right? I mean, he would have seen things that would have been, you know, uh, and he didn't say because they would either not be entertaining, not be helpful, whatever. But he mostly was really, really entertaining. The problem with most hosts on radio, a talk show is they're not entertaining. And so, right. you know, even even Levin, the great one, who's really important because he educates, he, he's you get it. You're exhausted when you're done with him with Limbaugh. You were you were energized. I mean, you thought it was fun. Right. I mean, and that, that may be the missing ingredient in, in both sides. There's nothing fun about Anderson Cooper. There, there, there's something fun about Tucker a little bit but not too much, really. Um, Gutfeld's trying to do it at night. So how, how do you take that into TV? Oh, no, I want to ask you this. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Why didn't, why don't you, why do you think Rush didn't succeed on TV? Oh, he was successful on TV. Uh, you know, he, he was syndicated in a bunch of markets around the country. They would tend to be uh, later at night. Uh-huh. Uh, we would get phone calls all the time with, with people, uh, you know, commenting on the TV show and stuff like that. I, I think, you know, I think his first love was radio. Uh, he conquered all the mediums, right? If you, if you think about it, he was a best-selling author. Uh, he was one of the early adopters of using the internet. He got CompuServe for, uh, for his show prep and things like that, the television show. And then finally, uh, he's a book author of, of children's books and then his radio show. I think his first love was always radio. I think he loved television, but the, his passion was radio. It was connecting in that way. And people who truly love radio, whether as a consumer or as a host, understand that it is such an intimate medium. Um, you, you know, I, there are probably three people I can think of that would ever fall into the mold that Rush was. And, and one of them would be Paul Harvey, right, where you knew you were going to at 12 noon every day, listen right. to his commentary. And then you'd have Rush Limbaugh right afterwards and you'd sit in your car and people would <laughs> job to sit in the car and eat lunch right, and right right um, exactly. and the enduring the enduring reality is if you hear my city was gone on a classic rock station or on satellite you instantly think of the rush limbaugh show so um, yeah. he was trans he was transformative and i think he was just you know an incredibly talented guy it, it, i think you're right although it, i and i know what you mean that his show did succeed the tv show was picked up and all but it, it clearly and say it differently if you think of him and his success as a communicator, it's radio. It, it, and, and I don't, and I don't think I, I don't think I'm insulting him or, or anybody to say for sure. He, he wasn't as good on TV. And, and I guess, you know, but who was right. I mean, I'm thinking back to who was a TV star, you know, who was a TV, a radio star uh, communicator who ended up on TV. There weren't too many. I mean, you know, the, the guys Sorry, that did yeah. the one from vaudeville or stand up, you know, Johnny Carson or, or Jack right. Parr, they, they ended up on TV, but, um, but, uh, it is uh, the drop off. The last thing I'll get to your show. And we're talking with uh, Brett Winterbell, who's a longtime producer for Rush Limbaugh's show. He's got his own show, which is called Devious Motives, launching in uh, November on the OPS channel, Opinions Channel, uh, Devious Motives. And again, I'll put this all up on social media. But um, after he died, I mean, think uh, to me, and, and then Trump loses, of course, um, but Trump's still a voice, sort of. But the problem is, Rush Limbaugh was such a voice. I mean, you talk about things in our history in the last three years that the gap for communicating about, for example, this Biden administration and the mandates and all. There's nobody that is able is trusted the same way. How about that? Yeah, it's 100 percent right. I I had the honor of being a a guide host in the wake of his passing for for about four, four or five months. And and, you know, to listen to the clips that we were playing that were from. 10 years ago and 15 years ago and how prescient he was, right? He's the first guy to tell you that they're going to try to take your SUV and essentially (laughs) gave you the outlines of the green new deal. Right. I mean, he, he, he was so on all of this stuff all the time. And just to go back to the last point for a quick second, 
he laughed at them, which made them nuts. It wasn't just that Rush was funny. He openly laughed at these maniacs, right? The, 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 the big news people. He, he invents the drive-by media uh, term, right? I mean, right. you look at all this kind of stuff. We, we played a clip one time where it was all his nicknames for people in the media, and it was like <laughs> a three-and-a-half-minute montage. Right. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was I'm desk-pounding laughing with the things. It's like, it's like word association, and he just takes these people out. Yeah. And that's, that's what you can't replace. I, I will say this, Ed, and, and this is a very important thing. I was worried about the balkanization of the conservatives uh, with the passing of Rush because he's such a unifying force. Everybody looked to him. It, it's been very impressive to see um, the, the breadth and the width of, of takes that are out there now uh, organically forming to, to challenge the mandates of the Biden administration and all this kind of stuff with Merrick Garland. And I think that is something that ought to, ought to give a lot of heart to the conservatives out there, that this is, this is just a, a regeneration of what's going to happen now as we get prepared for the fight in 22 and 24. I think you're right, although I think we don't even know how. I mean, in a weird way, if, if it was in a weird, I don't think I mean this, but I'm trying to feel my way. It, it, Trump losing um, made it so uh, it, it, we had to come together in a way. I mean, sure. Biden, uh, excuse me, Biden did that for us. Um, but Rush would have been able to describe some of this stuff, I think, better for people. And it would have been, you know, his thing, you could yeah. hear what he said. What he said on Tuesday would echo through the the talk chambers across the, the whole culture, the whole nation and internationally for the next the next uh, few days. All right, but, Brett, I, I got to stop because I want to talk about your show. I don't, I don't want to yep. stop the interview. I want to talk about your show. Devious motives. OK, what what is that? What does that mean? What, what are you going to do here? We're, we're, we're looking at all the different sort of shenanigans that, that people play, whether they're unelected bureaucrats or they're elected, uh, you know, uh, politicians who are, are coming out and trying to twist the way you're thinking and twist the way uh, your perception is of this country. We're still we're still a free nation. Uh, we're, we're still a federalist uh, based system here. And, and the fact of the matter is we're going to we're going to document the ebbs and flows. Devious motives don't necessarily mean like yeah, it's going to be evil and awful and murder and mayhem. But what it is, is just how it is that they twist you into knots and make you think that uh, that you're the problem. And that's that's what we're documenting every single day at uh, the OPS channel right now. It's up at M.A.M.N. So Mary Apple, Mary Nancy dot TV, M-A-M-N dot TV. There's a uh, preview reel up over at uh, YouTube at the OPS channel. And I'm looking forward to having people join us. Uh, Brett Winterbow, again, the the show is Devious Motives on OPS channel. uh, And uh, again, I'll put it up on social media. Also, this uh, sneak peek and we'll do it again. And and, but um, it's a good idea. I have to tell you, it's a good idea. And I I wonder if you're able I know that everybody has ideas for you, but I wonder if you're able to. And Rush did this. And I I think I studied this enough to know that Mm -hmm. early in his career, as Rush was expanding, he used to I think he required that stations would give him. Uh, a, a promo in the mornings on the uh, or a promo on the highest rated show that was on that day. So if you go on KMOX in St. Louis, he was on from 11 till two, but he would have a promo, especially early in his career, because he was trying to build up the, the thing. Uh, the other thing about hardworking is I, I think in one of Rush's early books or maybe his, his second or third book, he talked about how in the early days he would do a show on Friday and get on a plane and he was doing the rubber chicken circuit like 200 week, excuse me, yep. uh, not 200, doing like 45 or 50 weeks a year. He was, mm-hmm. he was on the road an obscene amount of time to build up this community of people. Yep. But I wonder if this, uh, this idea of devious motives, if you could, you know, if you could have a blurb on that, that you could put on social media that each day you'd get a devious motive or each week, whatever it is on that, because I think it's a clever idea. Who's, 
Who's how do you break through though, Brett? I mean, OPS channel, I'm all for it. How do you break through? Is it is it you run this and then you're using social media too? Yeah, yeah. That's really all you can all you can do is just to get the content out there, and you have to yeah. use the, uh, the the levers at hand, which is the evil social media and probably a TikTok <laughs> or two, and you know right. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just look, you just have to you just have to get people to uh, to buy in, and I think you do it by doing an entertaining info, informational show. Well, it's, I think it's cool that you're doing it, uh, Brad. And again, uh, we'll go to uh, Devious, excuse me, Devious Motors is a show, OPS channel. Tell me that website again. So uh, I, I'll yeah, write it down this time, I promise. M-A-M-N.TV, M-A-M-N.TV. It'll be moving over to the Opinions channel uh, in November, but you can get a preview at M-A-M-N.TV. Okay, I'll put that up on social media too. Hey, thanks, Brad. Hey, listen, come back on as we get closer when you're getting ready for, uh, as things launch and you're in the middle of it, I'll, I'm happy to help you and I'll send it out to our Phyllis Slapley Eagles as well as our Salem Radio Network folks to make sure they're aware of it. I, I encourage you, so thank you. Thank you so much, Ed. It's been a pleasure and all my best to the Eagles out there. All right. Thanks, Brett. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to talk with John Schlafly. The Schlafly Report, of course, runs over at our sister site, townhall.com. You can go there and uh, also archive at phyllisschlafly.com, uh, where John is one of our leaders uh, at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And the title this week, John and Andy write this column, by the way, Andy Schlafly too, End Public Health Dictatorship. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. But John, let me ask you, um, will we ever, will we ever see a an infrastructure bill? Do you, Can you predict, do you think they're just going to keep uh, stymieing up and, and nothing will pass? Or do you think they'll come up with something? What's your gut? Well, Ed, the situation... Uh, is much it really has been the same for now for several months. Uh, you know, there's a the progressives in the House uh, are at loggerheads with two two Democratic senators, and um, no, nothing really can pass until one of them blinks. I, and I don't know who that's going to be. There's some talk that uh, Senator Joe Manchin might go along with a $2 trillion bill, but uh, the only way you get to $2 trillion is that if you sacrifice some of what the progressives call social infrastructure, which is, of course, that's a, a ridiculous term. That's for everything from free college to universal pre-K to, uh, you know, forcing all electric companies to have 80% of their electricity generated from wind and solar power and that kind of thing. And um, it's really, you know, many of us are just kind of watching this uh, battle of the scorpions inside the Democratic Party and waiting to see, you know, who is able to hold out against the other, the other scorpion, you know, the other spider. Yeah. Well, and, and we're talking with John Schlafly. I agree with you on this. It's really been three months. Nothing's changed. So whoever yeah. thinks that there's I, I saw coverage. They said, oh, they could be getting closer progressives. And, and what I mean, maybe Pelosi emerges with some kind of deal. And she says, here it is, two point two trillion or something. But right now, 
There's been no, uh, no, nothing has changed for three months, literally three months. So I, I agree with you. Uh, John, I want to shift gears. Um, Clarence Thomas, uh, this coming Saturday, will celebrate 30 years on the U.S. Supreme Court. He was confirmed a few days earlier, a week or so ago, 30 years ago, but he was sworn in, uh, I believe, 30 years ago on Saturday, the 23rd of October. If I'm off by a day or two, forgive me. But anyway, it's a, it's a remarkable tenure. And, and the craziest part about that is that he is a relatively young man. And even in the world of uh, of the crazy people who are on the Supreme Court, meaning sometimes you get these people that go on into their 80s. I mean, he is he is in his early 70s and healthy. Um, John, I, you you must remember it well. Um, the, his confirmation. I know your mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, played a role there. That I, I saw it on a recent documentary. What what are your thoughts? Thirty years in. Well, it's such a dramatic. Um, first of all, the confirmation of Clarence Thomas was a was a was a national uh well what's what's the right word a teaching moment you know some people like to say <laughs> and it really yeah. is something that really caused the american people to choose sides and right. Clarence thomas did squeak in thankfully and but his tenure on the court has been remarkable and everyone now acknowledges that he is uh he's been a path-breaking and a leading justice and the leader of, uh, you know, he's you know he's not in anyone's shadow. He's the dominant figure mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court, and it's um, it's awe-inspiring, really. I wish we had somebody. You know, he eventually will retire. I hope it's not soon, and we don't right. really have somebody ready to step in um, to that position and. Um, and, you know, hope I hope Clarence uh, Justice Thomas has a long, you know, another another decade on the court, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but we'll just have to see. We, uh, we, you know, uh, you know we're talking about. I, ju- I, 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 it caused me a Go bit ahead. of a concern about five years ago when Justice Thomas's younger brother dropped dead, uh, mm. who was healthier than Clarence, and he was an athlete. And that might, when something like that happens, it causes anyone to think about their own mortality. But uh, Justice Thomas apparently got over that, and he's charged forward. And recently, he's been taking a leadership role in everything that's come before the Supreme Court. And I, you know, as someone who watches the court, you know, carefully and regularly, I, I'm just in awe of him as a man and as a leader in the law. Well, and I think, and I looked it up, John. He's seventy-three years old. So, as you point out, even 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 amongst um, even amongst uh, the the world where sometimes people, you know, hang on long, uh, five years, eight years, I mean, it, that would be it would be totally reasonable. You know, it's not like it's not like he's going to be eighty-seven. So that's that's one thing you have to, and you have to think that he's someone who would be aware of not giving the seat back to the Democrats if at all possible. Um, so we'll see about that. But as you point out, he uh, he is. Um, uh, you talk about bringing the country together in terms of a focus. I remember I was a high school, I was college senior, and I was, of course, Clarence Thomas went to the College of the Holy Cross, my alma mater. And so when I was, we were driving across the country from Worcester, Massachusetts, Holy Cross, in a, in a van with five guys to go to the Notre Dame football game. I forget who they played. I think it was Stanford. But the whole ride, I had a headset on, and in the stands at the game, I had a headset on listening to the Thomas, uh, the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings. 
I don't think they had as 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 dramatic a twist as, um, or maybe they did, John. You can help me remember it better as Kavanaugh. The, Kavanaugh was bumping along, and then suddenly you look at all this stuff with Thomas. There was a there was a moment of crisis where it was wasn't clear if he might quit, you know. And he, and he said famously, you know, you, you you're gonna have to vote me down. I'm gonna make you do it. Uh, but you know, it it it, it was it maybe said better, John. That was the beginning of the end of uh, of. Of of like Scalia was uh, confirmed ninety nine to to none right I mean ninety nine so I mean I guess they did that to Bork and Ginsburg but it certainly took a heightened level than ever and of course Joe Biden was instrumental in silencing Anita Hill to get Clarence Thomas through. Well, silencing Anita Hill, Anita Hill wasn't silenced. She she's the one who <laughs> launched the whole yeah. second confirmation, and I think it was bigger than Kavanaugh. Uh, and quite a bit bigger. Uh, Kavanaugh was one day, uh, the, the second Clarence Thomas hearing, I think, lasted all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I mean, I remember being glued to the television for an entire weekend uh, watching that. Not sure you get the same thing in a car travel, you know, driving across country right. to a football game. Uh, that, I'm, not sure you, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> speaking of Worcester, uh, Ed, I didn't I forgot that Holy Cross was in Worcester, Massachusetts, but a lawsuit has just been filed against the Worcester, Massachusetts public schools for uh, their the way they have imposed critical race theory up there. So we're going to watch that uh, carefully. They've been they're engaging in open uh, segregation by putting uh, black and Hispanic uh, students into their own what they call affinity groups. You know, as if wow. that was legal. And in order to, of course, inflame resentments about white supremacy and all of that, it's one of the worst examples of critical race theory in the public schools in the whole country. Fortunately, a lawsuit has just been filed to, uh, you know, mm. bring that to an end. And we'll have to follow that carefully. I hadn't seen that. I'll have to check in. Of course, my brother and his family, and I think his, he's he's a few he's fifteen or twenty miles outside of Worcester. So I don't think he's in the Worcester schools, but uh, Massachusetts is a tough place. So I'll have to find out what he knows on that. Uh, John, let's turn to your column here, uh, the the Schlafly Report, which runs over townhall.com, also available archived at phyllisschlafly.com. End public health dictatorship, uh, John. Before we get into some of these details, um, the uh, the um, do you feel like the tide is shifting? It feels to me like a lot more people are comfortable saying they're against, say, mandates than they were even a few weeks ago. Well, I do. Uh, and I think it's it's another example of how Joe Biden, contrary to what he advertised his campaign, he has not brought the country together. In fact, he's divided. He's, he's divisive. Uh, you know, imagine... Uh, you know, the fact that our country is politically divided over a disease, I mean, this hasn't, you know, you kind of have to go back to uh, AIDS, uh, the, what happened with AIDS in the 1980s and 90s in order to find something comparable uh, to the way Biden has politicized COVID. You know, Trump didn't do that, but... Um, and what we've seen, you know, and, uh, you know, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who, of course, is terrible, terrible in so many respects, but she has denounced her own police officers as insurrectionists for the fact that they, hmm. the, uh, the, the, the police officers who have, have not yet been vaccinated. I mean, 
you know, so in other words, it has become a political thing. And I was interesting to see that uh, Southwest Airlines has backed off from their threat to put pilots on unpaid leave if they haven't right. shown proof of vaccination by the deadline, which many of them haven't. Uh, so they're not going to be put on unpaid leave after all. I mean, so there is, uh, you know, this is not going to go away, and COVID is not going to go away. That's another thing. Uh, now, the the Delta variant has uh, just about gone away, but uh, COVID in general is going to be with the American people, apparently, for the indefinite future. And uh, but the latest thing, Ed, apparently, is that um, uh, the president is now trying to force public schools to uh, vaccinate children from five to twelve. Right. And uh, that's not even though that's not yet even been approved for, uh, you know, even, you know, of course, it's none of it's been. None of these vaccines have been FDA approved. Let's not forget that. Uh, this is just on a temporary basis, but they have not right. been. But they're trying to roll out a temporary basis for school children, uh, and in order to to ramp up the numbers to get more bodies, you know, more shots in arms. And Biden, yeah. he's just he's obsessed with that. He's determined to do that. And that is creating political divisions across the country. Well, well, and John, I'll just finish with this. I, I think one of the things, and again, we'll put up on social media, John, uh, John and Andy Schlafly. The column, by the way, their column finishes. Uh, it's a it's a very strong finish, John. And the title of it is "End Public Health Dictatorship." The final lines, which I'll read out loud because they're good. It says, "Dictators grab control as long as others allow it. It's overdue for courts and politicians to end this power grab disguised as vaccine mandates." I have to say, though, John, just to tell you, my instinct is uh, that they're doing it because they think it works, meaning uh, the, the, the covid scares a lot of people, including and especially seniors. And so they, they and they, they have nothing else right now. The economy is not working and they just got to they got to stay in that crisis of covid to try to stay somewhere to have something to do because they can't talk about the economy. They can't talk about why the trucking isn't going. I mean, we have a, a problem with trucking. I, I got to say uh, the federal government should be able to like when remember when Trump said we're going to build ventilators and he said, you know, we're going to tell companies build ventilators. I don't know whether that was good or not. He did it. We should be able to get some stupid trucks running. I mean, I'm sorry. We should be able to if the problem is trucks are out of date, then use some out of date ones for a while. If the problem is truckers aren't licensed, then authorize some provisional licenses or something. Do something to fix it. Instead, we're going to talk about children being vaccinated. I mean, it's insanity, but it's it's clearly considered uh, clearly a considered plan, it seems to me. It's not. They're doing it on purpose. John, I got to run, though. I'm out of time. John Schlafly, everybody, over at the Schlafly Report, which is at townhall.com, also archived at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. We will talk to him next week. We'll take a break right now. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Government and morality aren't words that usually belong in the same sentence. Our federal government seems to have no short supply of corrupt bureaucrats. Most people shrug their shoulders in disgust when they see the corruption, and they act as though government will always be that way. 
To an extent, there's some truth to this. As long as government bodies are controlled by people, there will always be some greed and lies in the mix. However, Americans do not have to accept our current quagmire of corruption as inevitable. Morality in government is possible. The key word to remember is transparency. You've probably heard the axiom that sunlight is the best disinfectant. In short, this means that corrupt government officials are less likely to be corrupt if they know they'll get caught. As an added bonus, those that are not deterred by the threat of exposure can be ousted once their misdeeds are exposed. It seems almost too simple to be true. The federal government acts the same way any child would. They shape up when they know an adult is watching them. One of the best tools for transparency in America today is the Freedom of Information Act. Enacted in 1967, this law makes it possible for any citizen of the United States to request previously unreleased documents from the federal government. Obviously, there are some limits on this. You can't request documents that contain military secrets, information on ongoing law enforcement actions, or the personal information of individuals. However, you can request everything from memos to emails in pursuit of the truth. Corrupt bureaucrats would love nothing better than to make you believe that they are untouchable. They'll try to dismiss you with long delays and confusing jargon. If you want to come at them and use transparency, you have to come with an attitude of a bulldog. Latch on and refuse to let go no matter what. Transparency work is a tough game, best suited only for tough people. But America is better off with the courageous citizens who engage in it. Find out what freedom of information laws or sunshine laws exist in your state. America needs more patriots for transparency. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Let's finish today. I wanted to walk you through a most extraordinary uh, video that I encourage you to watch. And it is the interview by uh, uh, Tucker Carlson of General Mike Flynn from about 10 days ago. Now, some of you may have seen it on various uh, on the Tucker Carlson show he did excerpts but the entire video is available on um, online now on through Fox Nation which is the subscriber service for Fox and I don't usually recommend subscriber services I, I think people have enough things in their lives you need to sign up to watch this if only this it's 100 and I think it's 109 minutes is that possible? I think it's 109 minutes and it's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. 109 minutes. Um, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. And so let me set the table for you. It's, um, it is, um, Tucker Carlson has a studio where he interviews people, um, different than on the set of his show. And so it's the, uh, it's not the, um, uh, let me get that right, by the way. It, it's an hour and it's an hour and nine minutes. Don't let me overstate that. It's an hour and nine minutes in case I messed that up. Um, so 69 minutes. <clears throat> That's right. It's much more reasonable. That, uh, and, uh, 109 minutes would be almost two hours. That was too long. But so Tucker Carlson has this studio 
that is like a, it looks a little rustic. It's got wood paneling and all. And he does these uh, long form interviews with great people. It's phenomenal. And it's available on Fox Nation. If you go to Fox Nation, you can subscribe. I think the first month is like uh, 99 cents. And then it's a test and you can see. But I tell you, just for the interviews of Tucker with all these different people, it would be worth it. But it's worth whatever you have to pay to see General Flynn speak as he does. Now, I know General Flynn very well, as you all know. I've traveled with him. I've spent long hours with him. I've talked to him about all these different issues that you hear him talk about in this interview. But he does it. It's such a great setting. And Tucker's a very good interviewer. He sort of pokes in every now and then to ask a question to direct the conversation. But in general, the conversation sort of flows. And it's General Flynn at his best. When he talks about how the deep state works, it's so clear. It's so uh, it makes so much sense. You know, it doesn't actually make sense when people yell about the deep state and they say, oh, the deep state, this, the deep state, that. And he the way he talks about what's happened and how over the last 25 years, the apparatus of government power has grown. And he talks not so much about the military industrial complex or even the deep state. He talks about the security state. And the growth in the security state and the overlapping between the FBI, the CIA, he gives examples of the FISA court. I have to tell you, I've, I, and I've seen, again, I've seen General Flynn, <clears throat> I've seen him speak to 5,000 people. I've seen him speak to 500 people. I've spe- seen him speak to five people. I've seen him sit for an hour in a, in a restaurant talking to a friend, an old friend. I've seen him visit with new friends. And we picture in one place, in a, we met a pastor and his uh, family in um, Northern California and sit and talk. He's a, very, he's a very graceful guy. He's a very charming guy in many ways. But when you watch this Tucker Carlson interview, what you actually remember, um, because it was clear at the time, and what comes rushing back, and then you appreciate, is the stature of General Mike Flynn as a leader, as an experienced military commander, intelligence officer, uh, a leader. How he talks about it all is with that confidence that is only, it's, it, it's, it's emblematic of two things. One, a certain kind of intelligence, a certain kind of ability to understand and assimilate lots of information. That's a true, that's right, that's kind of, but also uh, experience, deep experience, not just of the issues, but of the organizations, of bureaucracies, of the size and scope. His discussion of the National Security Council, which I had no real uh, knowledge of, and I follow this stuff, was extraordinary. How, the, how it came about, how it grew, linking it all the way back to Kissinger, it's really worth watching. Again, if you go to uh, Fox Nation, you go on the app or go on online, you can sign up for a, almost a free subscription, one of those one months free. It's just worth it to go in and watch uh, the whole of the General Flynn interview. And when you're done, what you're going to want to do is find out other opportunities to hear him talk or hear him write. He's written a book, uh, A Field of Fight, that's a few years old. I know he's writing some other things. He's speaking all over the country, actually. Uh, but it's really wonderful. It's, it's, it's as important a, an hour, or hour and nine minutes, as I've seen in a very long time. And here's the, here's the even a bigger um, uh, indication to give you, give you some encouragement that it's not just me. I mean, because I like General Mike Flynn. I, I'm, I'm kind of a, fl- a fan of his, and I'd say I'm a friend of his. But I sent it out to uh, some of the uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagle leaders across the country. And I said, hey, will you watch this? And, they, and I said, watch this and let me give you thoughts. And 
they were there and, and Phyllis Schlafly Eagles are experienced. They're hardened in the fight. They're not particularly prone to, uh, you know, kind of um, either being starstruck or uh, necessarily they, they certainly wouldn't be uh, tossing around unnecessary praise. And their response was, wow. Their response was, wow. Part of it is we haven't been able to see General Flynn with such a length of, of, of conversation really since he got, uh, you know, taken out of office, taken out by the by the the, the powers that be. And so it's partly just a surprise to see him, but also it's that what is covered. I just give uh, all uh, a real um, uh, praise to Tucker Carlson for how he uh, allowed General Flynn to speak and how every now and then he brought it to something else and it just flowed. It's extraordinary. So again, Fox Nation, I think it's foxnation.com, but Fox Nation, sign up. You got to sign up for the subscription and sign up for a month and go check out, search for Tucker Carlson and General Mike Flynn and you will see something really, really, really worth watching. Uh, you won't be disappointed. So uh, I encourage you to do that. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, to our great uh, producer, Noah Dingley, and also to Joanna uh, for our helping book our guests. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com to uh, sign up for the daily email, as well as to listen to any of these great interviews and, and commentaries again over there. Again, ProAmericaReport.com. I'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.